Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman Woo! here with you on a Tuesday morning. However you're listening to us, we appreciate it. If you're listening to us at supertalk.fm or anywhere else you get your podcasts, we are always glad to have you tuning in to, uh, to hear what we've got to say, especially our great listeners across this globe who are serving our country. We always appreciate you guys very, very much. Wanted to give a shout-out to our sponsor over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Turn and Spin Ice Cream. It's just hot, buddy. It's hot. It's hot outside now. We, we left, and when we came back, it was hot. It is, but here's the the truth of the matter is I have, since our return from Omaha, have not yet been to Strange Brew Coffee House, but when I leave the palatial Super Talk Mississippi Studios here today, I'm headed straight to Strange Brew, and... I will be getting my blueberry cobbler that I have so desperately missed over the course of the last couple of weeks. Look forward to that. And uh, so you can go get you some ice cream, whatever. I'm going over there to get the good stuff. So you're going to, it's hot, but you're going to be hot. Yes. You're going to warm yourself up. Yes. It, it, it gives you that juice, though. Yes. Just you know, they say the cool, pump it into my veins. The best way to cool off is to sweat. So I've already ran my. I'm getting back in the flow. I ran my about two and a half miles this same morning. Here, same here. I'm, I'm getting back in the in the swing of things. You know, I know nobody gives a crap much about our personal lives for the most part, but the you know one of the many one of the things that was great about getting back home from from Omaha is just the fact that we are now. I mean, the next season that's up for us is football, which is very structured. You can take yeah. it to the bank. You know, for basically for the next six months. We know what we've got ahead of us. We know when we've got it. Like everything, yeah. you can get into a routine. Yeah. And I'm so much you, so you looking forward OCD to, to grabbing. I, I really kind of do. Like yeah. I, I'm a routine dude. I am too. Like I, am I, too. I, I find my my lane and I stick to it kind of guy. I got you. And so yeah, I'm I, I'm pretty pumped about getting back into that routine. As am I. All right, we're going to talk football today. It's time to start looking ahead. It's time to start talking about MSU football and what's going to happen uh, this this season. And we're going to start with. To me, the biggest news of the offseason, and uh, that's the addition of Tommy Stevens and Isaiah Zuber to this team. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that no team in the conference, and maybe the country, added two grad transfers of that impact. A lot of them did at one. Missouri got Kelly Bryant. Oklahoma getting Jalen Hurts. Ohio State getting Justin Fields. Miami got Tate Martin. A lot of quarterbacks, obviously. But did any program, and I can't think of one off the top of my head, get two grad transfers that not only are good players, but address the biggest needs on the team? I can't think that there one. There is one, and to to I guess my question is, how much credit do we give Joe Moorhead here? Because there's a there's a bit of luck in this, you know. When you were recruiting at the end of uh, you know when you get into signing day, he couldn't know, he didn't know Tommy Stevens was going to transfer. He didn't know Isaiah Zuber was going to tra- transfer. So it's like it's a little serendipitous, but at the same time, you have to give Morehead a lot of credit for getting them. Yeah, I mean it's no different than in whether well, it's NFL or MLB or whatever it is when you have a GM and you have a it really is that, like free agency that has yeah. a need and and you go out and you do what you have to do to fulfill that need and, and that's what Joe Morehead did, has done. I I was telling you this when we were kind of talking about this. Prior to the show, I'm not as well versed on the other, you know, hundred and so D1 football teams in the country to know for sure that that no one else added two critical players at critical players, you know, positions of need. So I, I don't know that I can 100% say that that state is the only team that has done that, but uh, they're darn sure one of the few, uh, and they may be the the only one. 
you have to give Moorhead a lot of credit. Um, you know, how, how much of an impact, how much did they change the fortunes of this season for Mississippi State? I mean, that kind of remains to be seen a little bit. I, I think that some of that has to do with, you know, Tommy Stevens, of course, coming in. Is that going to be a situation where that kind of causes any division or anything in the locker room? You know, when you you, you have the guys, you have the – you know, maybe Keaton has his guys kind of de- – is that going to cause – you know, is it kind of going to be a subtraction by addition kind of I still of think a lot of MSU fans worry about that because of what happened in 2016. But I that, think so, too. That was just poorly handled by Dan Mullen. You know, and I'm, I'm not looking to criticize Mullen, but I think we all knew Nick Fitzgerald was going to be the quarterback, and allowing that to linger the way he did created that. I think that Joe Moorhead will not make that same mistake. I think we'll know who, that Tommy Stevens is going to be the guy uh, pretty early on. In this process, but furthermore, I think that you have to sort of view this the same way you view recruiting. And if State had signed the nation's number one dual threat quarterback last year and a five star kid, that you would expect him to come in and play. So it's not any different for me. And I think players have to realize that. You know, what if State had signed the nation's uh, top running back last year? You know, are we going to sit here and worry about how Kylan Hill feels? I, I, I feel like it's just because cause nobody's talking about that with Zuber. Yep. Nobody's talking about him nope, taking Gidry or Mitchell's position. <laughs> I know it. It's, so, it's, it's all about the, the quarterback. And I get that the quarterback's the most important position. I understand that that's, there's, it, it's tenuous that you have to have that trust in your quarterback and so on and so forth. And also at the receiver position. I mean, everybody's going to play anyway. You know, right, if Stevens comes in and plays, then Keaton's probably not playing much. Although, you know, Moorhead could very easily, you know, play both guys on. But. But, you know, by and large, it's a quarterback position. You're not, you know, running two quarterbacks a play you're out not, there. You're not. But for me, I, it's just not a concern for me for whatever reason. I, I don't see that as – I don't think we're going to have people dropping passes intentionally and missing blocks because, well, I'm Keaton's friend. Yeah. Because if that happens, there, there are much bigger, deep-seated issues for Mississippi State to have to worry about. I don't think that's going to be the case. With Zuber, like you mentioned, you know, you're going to get more players than just, just the one. But – I think that he's a, a, an interest, such an interesting uh, addition because not only is he a good receiver, you know, he thrives in a very run-friendly offense. You know, Kansas State not exactly chucking the ball all over the field, um, but also he's a plus special teams guy, 18 yards per punt return, which any longtime listener of podcasts <laughs> that I have hosted knows I have been banging my head on the on the on the dresser for the past three or four years about can we get somebody to get some plays back there to in the punt return game. I, I think Zuber, you know, is he gonna be an all SEC guy? Probably not. But can he be a guy who gets forty catches, seven hundred yards, six or seven touchdowns? Yes, and if State had had a guy like that a year ago, the the fortunes of that season were very different. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you're probably winning at least a game or two more. And you know, where does this season, where does that season last year end up if you win a game or two more? So you're probably in the Access Bowl or whatever somewhere. Um, you know, or the group of whatever. Access, I, I think is, is right. that right? Yeah. One of the bigger bowls. Yeah. What I'm trying to say. But you probably have Florida spot. Yeah, probably so because you probably beat Florida and and uh, yeah, you're in a really good good situation there. Um, I'm increasingly more optimistic about how this season is going to turn out, in a large part because of those two guys. Uh, I mean, I know that I said back uh, a few months ago that getting a Tommy Stevens in didn't necessarily change my prediction on the season too much, and and I still don't know that it does. I mean, I'm going to have to see what he can do and and uh, all that. But you know, when you add a Stevens and then you add a Zuber and and uh, 
you know, you, you, you start kind of piecing this thing together a little bit, you, you, you kind of start to see a pathway to where the offense should be better. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying that it's going to be leaps and bounds better, but you can be optimistic that it's going to be better. And so with a better offense, uh, yeah, the, like we've said many times, the defense is probably going to take a step or two back. But if they take a step or two back, like you've said, mm-hmm. and they go from number one in the country to number 20 in the country, yeah. you still got a really darn good Even defense. Even in the top 50. I mean, you still got a really good defense. Yeah, and if you you know replace that little bit of a drop with better, you know, more offensive production, mm-hmm. you're when you look at state schedule, you're in a position to win eight or nine games. When you look at last year, and you realize that State would have gone undefeated in the regular season if they had scored 29 points in every game. I mean, that's you're not asking a ton of your offense to get four touchdowns on the board, especially in this day and age of college football. I don't know that there's two players in the country, by the way, more tied to their head coach's success than these two guys either. Because if he gambled right and these guys bumped the offense up, and even if State's 8-4 and four again this year, I think you every state fan this year would be like that was a good season. Yeah, especially if you get another Egg Bowl win, and, and you know if you find a way to, I mean eight and four. If I said right now you lose to Bama, LSU, A and M, I'm not big on Auburn, but we'll say Auburn. You win the rest of the game. Everybody's taking that yep. right now. Everybody's taking everybody. Everybody. So and if you're one of those, I wouldn't do this. No, you wouldn't. You're just now you're just lying to yourself. Well, you're not being very realistic, right? In all honesty, right, right, if, right. I mean, I'm not saying that State couldn't go, you know, beat Auburn and go nine and three, right? I mean, that could happen. But eight and four and back into a you know a solid bowl game if you're in the Texas Bowl or the Belt Bowl or whatever, perfectly acceptable. Yep. By that same token, if you gambled wrong, and these guys don't improve the offense, and you know you drop down to six and six or worse, it's a nightmare scenario for Mississippi State. Because now Joe Moorhead in year three has probably very little support from the fan base, probably very little support, uh, you know, nationally, and it becomes he's got to win big in year three. And oh, by the way, now you got to win big, probably with one of the quarterbacks you didn't think you could win big with in 20, 2019. Yeah, who do you think? Like right now, today. Who do you think will be the starting quarterback for Mississippi State first game in 2020? Do you think it'd be Keaton or Garrett Schrader or Jalen Maiden? Crap, I'm sitting here forgetting he Jalen Maiden all of a sudden. But I think it's gonna be Garrett Schrader. Think so? Yeah. Assuming everything goes to plan, assuming you know he's, he's some, nothing, nothing messes up. That's Moorhead's guy. If that's the case, Keaton needs to go. Keaton's got to get out. He'll go, and then Jalen will probably have to go too. And then you'll go into 2020. You'll have. You'll have Schrader, whoever you sign this year, which looks like it's going to be Will Rogers. And then you probably do need to go out and get a a, a JUCO or maybe go or maybe another transfer. Uh, but at that point, I don't know how you know transfers are going to want to come in and play right away. So I don't know. But also, right now, also, if that's the case, I won't be completely surprised though if, if it's Schrader. Also, if that's the case, I think you have to do a service here to Keaton and let him play in less than four games this year. Yeah, I think so. Unless he doesn't want to for some odd reason, but. So that's what Jalen Hurts did. Jalen Hurts could have easily just sat out four games and or sat his four games and yeah. And, and, I, I, but, I mean, but, you can't you can't if if, if Stevens is going to be your guy yeah. and you're looking towards the future and maybe Schrader well, or even Maiden next year, you have to do here's something the thing. for Keaton here, not not burn his Even Richard. if you think Keaton can be your starting quarterback in 2020, you should redshirt him this year anyway. Yeah, there's no reason for Keaton Thompson not to redshirt this year. You can let Jalen Maiden be your backup. 
You got Garrett Schrader. He's going to play in four games, and you let Keaton play in four games, and Jalen Maiden can play in the remainder. And as we said before, how many games are we really talking about here? He'll play against Abilene Christian. He'll probably play against Louisiana. There's an outside chance he'll play against Southern or Kansas State, but even those, those are decent teams. You know, how many games are you really? You've got to put the backup in because it, you know you're that far out of the game or that far ahead in the game. Yeah, we're not talking about you know every game, especially when you're not talking about quarterbacks who provide different things. Yeah, it's one thing when you have Tyler Russell and Dak Prescott, but when you have Tommy Stevens and Jalen Maiden, and they're all the same guy. So to me, I don't think Keaton Thompson is going to redshirt. And I, now we don't have the confirmation on that. No, it's going to be funny to, to ask Joe Moorhead about it again at Media Days. He, I asked, yeah, he we asked him asked. last year. We asked him last year, "Are you going to redshirt him?" And he said no. And I think if he could go back, I guess it worked out though because you, you want to be able to redshirt him this year. But yeah, I, I would be amazed if Keaton Thompson does not redshirt in 2019. Yep, I, I still think it's big to have him there though as a security blanket. If you know. God forbid something happens to Tommy Stevens and, you know, ACL or whatever. You know, anything bad that takes him out for an extended amount of time or the season or whatever. God right, forbid right. any of that happens. But if it does, you have a guy in Keaton that, yeah, it doesn't look like Joe has been all that confident in him. And I know there's some fans, some like Keaton, some aren't as sold on Keaton. But you have a guy that you can put in there that it wouldn't surprise you if he got in there and had some success. You know, I, I think if you had to turn this season over to Jalen Maiden or Garrett Schrader – you're kind of – I don't want to say that you're, you know, throwing the white flag by any stretch, but you don't have as much confidence in those guys as you Probably would have. Not. In, but I don't know how – we've been talking about that all, all yeah. past five months. I don't know how much confidence Joe Moorhead really has in, in Keaton Thompson. Yeah, he might lump them in there with the same – I don't know. Yeah. So. so those two guys. And then with Zuber, like I said, it's just, it's just a question of – Do you, let me ask you this. Do you think Zuber can elevate the other receivers? Is he I mean, a guy who can like draw enough attention that it, it, it provides opportunities for Mitchell, for Thomas, for Gidry? I mean, he could, yeah. I mean, why not? If there's another guy that – I mean, he immediately comes in as the best receiver on this team, right? Should be, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, all, all of a sudden, other teams' attention is going to go to the best guy. And so then you have guys like Osiris Mitchell who, by the way, I mean, they didn't have great seasons, but for Mississippi State they did. You know, well, they lead the, the team kind of deal. So. His first year playing, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you had said before the season, Osiris Mitchell was going to have, what, almost 30 catches for 300-some-odd yards, everybody thought the team was really, really good. You just didn't know that Gidry and the rest of those guys weren't going to step up. Yeah. Uh, but there's there's a great chance he could take a leap forward. Yeah, and, and I mean, it's one of those deals where, is Osiris Mitchell a, an A-caliber, like, top-of-the-line, your-best-receiver kind of guy? Probably not. But if he's your second or third best receiver, all of a sudden, yeah, you're, you're kind of okay. I mean, to make the baseball analogy a little bit, you know, like like Marshall Gilbert, for instance, in baseball. You know, if you had to stick him in the – if he was your cleanup hitter, you know, third number three hitter, whatever, one of the, you know, humongous pieces in the middle of your order, not to say Gilbert isn't a good player, but all of a sudden your lineup isn't as great as when it's so deep that he can hit nine. You know, all of a sudden that makes one through nine very good. Well, it's the same deal here with Osiris Mitchell. He can be okay, I guess, as your lead receiver, as he's been last year or two. But when you allow him to not be that role and he can just kind of be your number two guy or whatever, it, sure, why can't he be You know, be better when everybody else's attention is on someone else? So, I mean, you can, it goes back to what we've said on this show many, 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 many times, and it will never not be true. 
you can never not have too many good players. I mean, right. there's not such a thing as too many good players. Right. So just keep adding them, and yeah, if if all of a sudden the attention's elsewhere, why can't Osiris Mitchell have a, have a his biggest year yet? Yeah. Do you think Gidry takes a step forward this year? I mean, it's his last year, obviously. You but. know, a lot of times it seems to happen that way, doesn't it? For With Juco guys, yeah. like you have that one year where they're just kind of getting things figured out, and then all of a sudden they explode for a year and they're gone. Um, we've seen that numerous times through the years. So and the other thing to consider is, what if you know? And I, I don't know how much I ever really bought into it, but I could be wrong. How much of it might be that Nick Fitzgerald just didn't throw a very catchable ball, and these guys, you know, I mean, I look back to the Osiris Mitchell catch of Florida, the miss. I guess I should have the drop. I mean, I don't know how you couldn't catch that, but maybe there were maybe some of the issues these guys had was Fitzgerald, and now you've got a better passer, and maybe these guys are just going to be better. A little addition by subtract. You said subtraction by addition. Maybe this could be addition by subtraction. Maybe so. You know, because I think the running component that Fitzgerald gave you, Hill can take care of that for you, and you can you can you can keep the rushing yards. Those are easier for you to get. But if you when you add the passing yards, if you if you get that, that's what this team needs, and they don't again. They don't have to be great. They don't have to be elite. It doesn't have to be Dak Prescott throwing for 3,500 yards and rushing for 1,000. It's just got to be competent. Can you average 200 passing yards a game and 225 on the ground? Can you move the ball against LSU? Yeah, that's all it is. Can you not turn it over? You know, That's simple stuff. This is, it doesn't have to be Tua, Trevor Lawrence slinging it all over the field for 500, 600 yards a game. It just has to be better. If you're better offensively, you're going to win eight games. If you're not... You're going to struggle to win six, and you're going to have to coach for your job in, in 2020. It really is that simple for me. I don't see I, – and I agree. We'll but, see but you know what? I mean, he, he improved – I guess the genesis of this, you know, this segment or whatever, mm-hmm. did, did Joe Moorhead improve his chances to do that? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's, I yeah. don't know how you could, could question that. I mean, his chances of, of boosting up offensive production with Zuber and Stevens in the fold – your chances are better than without them in the fall, for sure. I think I'm interested to see uh, going forward how state works with transfers. This has become. I don't think you're going to go after especially quarterbacks every year, but state is I mean, state picked up four transfers this year: the the, the Corliss Waitman, the punter from South Alabama, three grad transfers: Stevens, Zuber, and Allen Love, who's not a grad transfer from Louisville, but they expect him to be eligible. That's that's I mean like I said that's that's more than I remember Mullen ever getting. Yeah, you might so, have several uh, two or three guys that, like were starters last year redshirt. You may have key or or at least maybe expected starters right? like Keaton. I mean he could redshirt. Tucker yeah. Day could redshirt. You know yeah. kind of deal. I mean we'll see. We'll see how it all pans out. Yeah, we'll figure it all out. Yeah, it's interesting. You could see that the guys who played a good bit last year they go and take the red. This four game deal is 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 really it's really helping. It was really smart by the NCAA and the coaches to come up with it. So. And I'm, I hate giving the NCAA credit for anything because God knows they're stupid. But I'll give it words to do. All right. Switching gears. Still football, though. We're going we're to continue our uh, SEC previews. We're going to talk today, we decided before the show, about the Auburn Tigers. Now, if you've listened to Sports Talk Mississippi recently, you've heard me say it many times, I am not high on the Auburn Tigers. I am not it Seems big. like you're never really high well, on here's, the Auburn Tigers. Here's why. Why should I be? <laughs> Why should I be? What has Gus Malzahn done? He is a four-loss coach. Look at his seasons at Auburn. Every season is four or more losses except the first one. He consistently loses games at the end. Now, granted, that's when he's playing Georgia and Alabama. But, I mean, he's not a great bowl game coach. He's just not. He's just an average coach. And they have far under-exceeded their expectations complimentary to their recruiting. 
They are year in and year out the most overrated team in the SEC. Every year they get picked second in the West, and every year they are not second in the West. Why should I be big on them? I don't know. He may be a four loss coach, but he's got a A plus agent or something yeah. going on there. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, dumb. Well, you, you saw Auburn <laughs> just ran their their university president off. Yeah, that's part of the reason right there. It's because they were they're host they're tied hostage to Gus Malzahn because they don't want to pay him thirty million dollars to quit. So, yeah, and I mean, you look at Auburn this year. Defensively, they should be very, very good. Derek Brown might be the best defensive lineman in the conference. Really good player. They're good defensively. Offensively, who's their quarterback? You know, they don't have they, Auburn doesn't have that that great running back that you expect from Auburn. You know, they just I don't think they're going to be very good offensively. And Malzahn's an offensive coach. So what you're saying is they're 2018 Mississippi State. With maybe slightly worse defense. Well, I don't think they I don't think they're have the number one defense in the country. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it could be that way. And their t- their schedule. You know, they've got a non-conference game they could easily lose, and it's the first game of the season. We'll talk about it right now when they take on Oregon out there in Dallas at the uh, Cowboys Stadium in one of those preseason, or not preseason, but those opening weekend uh, kickoff classic games. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to take the Ducks to win. I, I don't know what Oregon has, so I'm kind of... I know Oregon has Justin Herbert, the yeah. probable number one draft pick in the... In the uh, he or Tua is probably going to be the number one pick of the uh, maybe the Miami Dolphins in, in a few months as yeah. if, if Joel T. Coleman gets his way. I'm taking Oregon. Gosh, wouldn't that be fun to start seeing the, the Gus Eight come out week come one? Come week one. I mean, it just, let's go. Get just the, jump right in. The wheels on the Gus bus. We're gonna go off, off, off. I mean that that would be off, such off, a off. that would be such an Auburn story to to have. So I I'll go with you. I mean, you know more about Oregon than I do. So I'll I'll, I'll go ahead. and Oregon's jump Oregon's a that. pretty decent team, and they've recruited well, and they're gonna, they're going to score points. You know, last year against Washington, Auburn should have lost that game. Washington. I think fumbled twice inside the Auburn twenty yard line. I don't think all that. I mean, that's, that's just luck. It's not going to happen again. They'll bounce back with a couple of wins against Tulane and uh, and Kent State, and then boom, they're off to Texas A and M. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say Jimbo gets it. They're, I'm, so they're two and two. I, I kind of like I kind of like the plight that, that Jimbo is going to have A and M. I just feel like they're going to keep getting better and better. I think this is this is a, another eight win year for A and M. We'll talk about them in a few weeks, I'm sure, but. I don't think this is the this is not the breakthrough year. But of course, you know, I say that with Jimbo. You never know. I mean, look at look at what Florida State is right now. They're a shambles. That's how he left them. So I don't know. So they're two and two, and then here comes Mississippi State to Auburn. Potentially, if State won this game, they'd fire him. I think they'd fire him if if they were two and three. They just say the hell with it. We can't go any further. Um, because then your next three, you know, of your next three games. Two of them are Florida and LSU. Yeah. So you're looking, you're not looking good. I may change my mind on this, uh-huh. but I'm picking Auburn today. I'm going to pick Auburn today, just because I don't know. What we just talked about. I don't know about Stevens and Zuber yet, and what yeah. they're going to do the offense. If that offense is better, yeah, we go. I'm into, easily going to pick State to win that game. Yeah. I'm just right now. I'm too today. It's just I got. Let's we always do this right. This is how I, I come up with it. Who has the coaching advantage? It's really a push because I'm not sold on Moorhead. And I'm definitely not sold on Malzahn. Who has the quarterback advantage? I don't know who either quarterback is yet. Who's got home field? Auburn. Auburn. Yeah, that's the only reason. Yeah, this game was at State. I probably take State. And, and to win. State hadn't exactly had the best of luck on the plains in no. in recent years no. either. So, I know they won with Dak in what 15? 15. Um, but then but other than that, lost 17, 13. They they lost in the, in the final seconds. So there you go. All right. Then Auburn travels to Florida. They're going to lose that game. Yep. Yep. So right now, at best, we have Auburn at uh, at three and three. 
I mean, the, the seat's hot. It's hot because you know what's coming. And then if, if they say they're two and four, they've got a new coach yeah. at two and four. They've got a new coach. I believe that. Uh, they travel to Arkansas. They should be able to get back on the winning track there. And then they go to LSU. Is this a real schedule? They have a bye week in between there, but their next three games after State are at Florida, at Arkansas, at LSU. Gah! <laughs> oh! LSU's winning that game. Yeah, 4-4. Four and four. And maybe 3-5. and five. Maybe 3-5, and five, but 4-4. Four four. We, we've got them at 4-4, four and four, but 3-5 and five is very realistic. They'll beat Ole Miss just because Ole Miss can't stop anybody. 5-4. Five 5-4. And, four. Five and, four. and then they go to and then they welcome Georgia. Yep. They're five losing and, that five game. 5-5. and five. They're 5-5. and five. Well, buddy, you know, you know they have the 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 nobody game with yeah, Samford. Yeah, six, 6 and 5. And then 6 and 6. Yeah. The, the Iron Bowl. <laughs> uh so 6 and 6. What's well, on my birthday this year? Hey, happy birthday, Brian. Yeah. 5 well, months in advance. Yeah, November 30th. Uh five yeah, 6, six, 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 six and 6. He's six, gone. 6 and 6 and and a very realistic 5 and 7. You know, if state wins that game, that we predicted. Is there another game in there they could lose? I don't think so. They Tulane no, Kent State no, Arkansas no. Ole Miss, it's 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 at Auburn now. They're gonna. I don't think Ole Miss is winning that game. So yeah, five and seven is probably the floor. But in reality, what's the ceiling? What game could they win that we said they were going to lose? Uh, Oregon, eh, maybe. A and M, probably not on the road. Florida, probably not on the road. LSU, probably not on the road. And then Georgia and Alabama, no. There's not a lot of wiggle room for me with this. Yeah, it's almost like six and six or. Five and seven. Like, it's yeah. almost like it's going to be one of those two. I have a lot of confidence in this prediction. Now, you know, I've been wrong many, many times between before. five and seven and seven and five. But I just don't. I just. Be. I don't see why I should be high on the Auburn Tigers. If you're an Auburn fan, and you're listening. You're welcome to let me know why I should be high. Well, on let's the say Auburn he goes fans. seven and five. Is he he's still gone. Fired? He's gone. Seven and five. That's back to back seasons of five losses. He's not getting over seven. I don't. Well, think. Well, then, buddy, you might as well. They should. Sometimes in this life, you just got to bite the bullet. And here's the thing about Auburn. They got money. Don't tell me that. I'm going to tell you right now. If I said we could beat, I'm an Auburn fan. I'm an Auburn booster. I could, I could guarantee a win over Alabama this season. If we came up with a hundred million dollars, I'd have it in 24 hours. So don't tell me you can't get 30 to fire Gus Malzahn if you really want him gone. Don't tell me that because it, it's insulting. I know that you got that money. All right, the, the SEC gives you 60 million a year. On top of the other hundred million you already have, you got thirty million dollars laying around if you want to pay, if you want to fire that guy. You got enough big boosters that could give two. And I know I'm spending other people's money, but I know they want to be better than that at Auburn. I mean, there's another route here, and that's to try and find something to fire him with calls, and then you don't have to pay it. Yeah, but Malzahn, Malzahn is is buttoned up pretty tight. I don't I don't think you're going to get Tom Mars finding his anything on his phone. Records. Maybe he like cheated the folks at Waffle House. Didn't pay for his. He didn't tip. Yeah, he didn't tip those 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 people at Waffle House. But I don't think that's going to be it. So, all right. So there we go. All right, next week at East team we've covered Florida, we've covered Georgia, and that's it. So who, who do you want to get? Ah, uh, got Florida in, got Georgia in. You have to get them the dregs now. How about South Carolina? That's an interesting team yeah. because I think they're they're regressing, and I think Muschamp is uh, another coach. On, I think we're going to see some. You know, this year is the first year I think they said since oh, I don't remember when. No changes in coaches. We won't have that luxury next year. There's going to be at least. I must say, I'm going to go on the record right now. At least three. Muschamp, Malzahn, and then third. and then Matt Luke is a possibility. Although no, there's nobody there to fire him, but but they they could just be like we we can't go forward. 
if they go three and nine, which I don't think they will, but if they go three and nine, you got to do something. Um, I could see. You know, Stoops had a really good year last year. But what if they drop back to like four and eight? You know, I mean, at some point it's like, what are we doing here? We're just spinning our wheels. Derek what Mason. If Derek Mason's a possibility. Barry Odom's a possibility. You know, what if they they drop back? And they haven't been they haven't been really great under him anyway. So, but for sure, Malzahn and Muschamp to me are, are going to be showing the door. Yeah, for sure. All right, but we'll talk about that next week. Tomorrow's show, a lot more football talk. Maybe some uh, some other things as they pop up. Uh, we will do an opponent preview this week, like I said, with Alabama. I don't know who we're going to interview yet, but I'll find somebody. And uh, anything else pops up, Joel and I will cover it. So, for Joel T. Coleman, woo, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.